We are in a series called Anchor, and you probably were expecting a Valentine's Day message this week. I will somehow get there. It'll be there somewhere in the middle of the sermon about love and true love and who God is. But even though the entire world is focusing on something and remembering, you know, love and and, and celebrating love, looking for love, <laughs> or feeling sad that they haven't found love yet. All kinds of emotions will be going on. Recently, somebody shared with me uh, a, a meme um, last night, in fact. And this is a pastor and a youth pastor having a conversation. And the youth pastor is coming and reporting um, to um, the pastor saying, Talabadi, we have found out that all our young people are busy on February 14th. <laughs> and then the youth pastor, and the pastor looks at youth pastor and says, if that is the case, arrange a special youth meeting on February 14th. And for everyone who does not come for the meeting, write me the name list and give it to me. So we will know who didn't turn up, and what they are doing. <laughs> so a lot of focus this week is on, on that. But I want us as a church to be rooted and be anchored in something that is much deeper than what we are experiencing on the surface. There's nothing wrong to celebrate love. There's nothing wrong to do that. But at the same time, we should not be looking for it in the wrong places. Because I want to talk to you about something that is unconditional. Something that is always available, which is the love of Jesus Christ. Something that does not have mood swings attached to it. Something that does not have demands attached to it. Something that does not have conditions attached to it. Something that is constant and something that is substantial. And something that you can always feel in your heart, which is the love of Jesus Christ. As we celebrate human relationships and remember the times we fell in love and eat a tub full of ice cream, if that's your plan, go for it. But, let's go deeper in our relationships with God as we also focus on the relationship with one another. Let's focus on God-centered relationships and friendships and marriages and family bonds and, and, and relational ties which are much deeper than a surface-level, culture-oriented relationships, if you understand what I'm talking about. Let us set a different culture. Let us set a different standard to show the world, to show the people around us that we are deeply and firmly rooted in the love of Christ because He is the origin of love. No one can claim that I am love 
because we choose to love and we also choose to hate. But God in his divine being does not or does not have the ability to hate us because he is completely love and that's his nature. Because if he had to choose to hate us, we won't have the gospels. We won't have John 3.16. We won't have John chapter 1. We won't have Hebrews. And we won't have the Bible. But he chose to love us. As we are in this series called Anchored, and, and, and our focus today will be a continuation from from what we looked at last week, which is changed to be anchored. So before I go into the message, I just want to give you a quick recap of what we learned last week. Change to be anchored. Everybody remember? If you uh, did not get uh, an opportunity to be here last Sunday, you can go back. Um, we have a time machine called YouTube, and you can just enter that and type in uh, our uh, King City Church, and you will find all the sermons that I have preached in the last couple of years. But start with the one last Sunday, right? And you can go through that uh, in your spare time. Change to be anchored. It's not about the what, but it's about the who. We looked at why should we change in order to be anchored. If God has called us to be anchored in his love, if God has called us to be anchored in his presence, if God has called us to be anchored in his word, there are certain things that we need to change. Everybody starts the year by saying, I'm going to change some things this year. But we don't follow through. Why we don't follow through? Because we are always focused on what we need to change, but not focused on who we need to become. So if your goal is based on I'm going to do this, and if it's based on the what or the how, you will not be able to succeed it. If you focus on the who, you will be able to take gradual steps towards that. We saw that the same grace that saved us is the same grace that is also changing us. So that means that it is not God then me, it is not God not me, it is God through me. So God is doing a great work through me. So which means that you are a process and not a And towards the end of the sermon, I asked this question, how can we start this pastor? Right? How do I start? If real change is God through me, then how do I start? This morning, I want to speak to you on the title, The Power to be Anchored. The Power to be Anchored. For change... To happen in our life, you and I need to understand what we are going through. Because it is not a simple behavioral modification. It is an absolute transformation. Transformation takes time. Turn to the person sitting next to you, look at them and tell them, I'm going to take time. Come on, guys, this is your opportunity. I'm going to take time to change. This is going to take time. Look at them and tell them again, I'm a process, not your project. Ow. (laughs) 
Many people would go into a marriage thinking that, ah, I will bring him to my way. Many would go say, I will bring her to my way. Only to find out there is no way you can bring anyone to your way. Because you're being transformed. When you handle human relationships, when you handle love, when you handle people like a project, you are rough in handling it. You don't know when to hold it tight. You don't know when to let it go. Either sometimes you break it too fast or sometimes you hold on to it, hold on to it for too long that you even suffocate it by holding on to it. If you know what I'm talking about. But when you understand that your life is a transformation and you're in the process of transformation, you will deal with every, I'm not just talking about a marriage relationship here, every relationship, your relatives, oh relatives, hallelujah, God I need special grace for that. Parents, children, oh Jesus, anointing. Husband, wife, friends, peers, boss, managers, employees. Everything comes under this and you should be aware as a disciple of Jesus that everybody is in a process of transformation. But also... You are responsible to make sure that everybody around you in your circle of life and circle of influence is going through transformation, not because of their self-awareness, but because of the awareness of who Jesus Christ is in your life. The question is, is everybody in your circle going through a gospel transformation or are they going, to, going through just their self-awareness transformation? How can you get everybody be transformed through the gospel transformation cycle instead of just them trying their own things? The responsibility is yours. The responsibility is mine. But pastor, I myself, I'm going through some sort of transformation and I don't think I'm ready to bring people into that transformation until I know that I am being transformed. When will that be, pastor? When we say in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, lift the body. <laughs> Until we see Jesus face to face, you're being transformed. Until your soul goes to the one who created that, you're in the process of transform, transformation. So which means that while you are being transformed, you should also become an agent of transformation in the lives of the people that God is bringing into your home, into your circle, into your sphere of influence. That is why it is God through me. So spiritual transformation is ongoing and it has to be spiritual. If you're taking notes, you can write this down for real change to happen. You should be transformed spiritually. Amen. How can I do this? Who's going to help me? 
This is where we rely on something that is so powerful, which is the Holy Spirit. Turn to the person who is sitting next to you, look at them and tell them, I am filled by the Spirit of God in my life. Okay, let's try it again like as if you mean it this time, right? I am filled by the Spirit of God in my life. Now again, look at them and ask them, really? Are you? The real change to happen, you should be led by the Spirit and not by your own willpower. Let me say that again. For real change to happen, you should be led by the Holy Spirit and not by your own willpower. Today, everything that is, uh, every teaching that you hear outside is about your willpower. How you can motivate yourself. How you can do this. How you can do that. How you can energize yourself by, by putting your willpower out there. Let me tell you something. Your willpower will give up on you one day. For those who have experienced that, say aloud, amen. Amen. Huh. But the only power that will not give up on you, which is greater than your own willpower, is the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what gives you the power to be anchored. This means that you need to change your why into a spiritual why. Many people, I want to go to the gym. Why? Because I want to lose weight. And you still haven't lost it. I want to do this. Why? Because I feel this will help me in my life in this way. And many of your why is self-centered. Many of your why is, is motivated by your willpower. And what God is asking us to do this morning is to not write down your why based on what you want to do, but your why should change into a spiritual why. Your why and your how should change into a spiritual cause. Your spiritual why is God's purpose for you. And your spiritual how is God's power through you. Zechariah 4 verse 6. I'm only going to give you two verses this morning. It's going to be only two Bible verses in the entire sermon. Oh my goodness, our pastor is not anointed enough. Only two Bible verses. If you can get this two Bible verses, no? This can change your life for the next 40 years. Just two, two verses you practice. Are you ready? Number one. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. See, all of us want to change and want to do things in life, but I have something that, is, that will radically change your life, which is if you start experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit, and when you are led by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will see that your changes in life is so much more better and stronger than anybody else. Than anybody else. 
Many people want to overcome addiction. We sang the song, I am not a slave to anything. Fear, addiction, depression, suicidal thoughts. I am not a slave to anything because I am who? I am a child of God. So my, my, my prayer is always that God help me become who I am supposed to be. In other words, I don't want to go to gym because I want to lose weight. But I'm going to make a decision that because I'm a child of God, I will take care of the temple of God that God has given me. You see this? So when you ask the Holy Spirit, you're not asking the Holy Spirit to be the alarm clock for you to go to gym. You're asking him to be the power that transforms your life and helps you make decisions that guards the temple of God physically that God has given you. Which means that your choice is not just about health, but it's also about mind. We talk about junk food, but do you know you have junk thoughts? There is junk talk. Stay away from junk talk because junk talk will put you junk thoughts. And junk thoughts will cloud your mind in such a way that you will not experience the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you are clouded through these junk things in your mind and your thoughts, your body automatically responds to how you see yourself in your mind. Because when you're filled by junk thoughts and junk information and ju gossips and anger and jealousy and bitterness, the way that you look at yourself is not Christ-like. Because what you see is you just feel like, I'm just junk. I'll just continue to be that way. I don't need, I don't think I can transform. I don't think I can change. And then the devil will lead you to believe that this is how you're made to be. And then you start questioning, if I'm supposed to live a holy life, then why did God put sin in my life? But when you allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life, you see your spiritual why changing. Basically, you connect yourself to the bigger picture of who God is. And who you are in Christ. When you are connected to that bigger picture, Every small decision that you make in your life, from what you choose to watch on TV, who you choose to listen to, how you spend your time, everything is connected to how healthy you live, not just food. You can go to the gym, work out for an hour and a half and spend another five hours on your screen. You think that is healthy? Come on somebody. You know there is an option in your phone called uh, screen time. Do you want to do a little experiment? People are like, don't do it. I feel guilty enough. The screen time, it will tell you like Pichapota Borota. You know, it will give you everything. Every app that you've been spending time on and the longest app you've been spending time on. It even gives category, entertainment. Productivity. 
And if you just look at that screen time out of 24 hours, you know, they say average today's screen time is more than seven hours. Average screen time is more than? That's your working time in a day. Seven to eight hours is your work hours. And the rest of the time is you spend with your family. So we are losing somewhere. We are losing big time. Is it healthy? So when you correct your spiritual why and find your purpose in Christ and when you know that you are called to be stronger, then what happens is that you will start seeing the power of God working in your spiritual how. In your spiritual how. You will say, I am disciplined because Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. The Holy Spirit will enable you and will remind you and will help you to declare that I will not be tempted to eat at 2 a.m. I will not be tempted to watch certain things on the same phone that I use for you version Bible, but certain times I am triggered to watch something else. Help me, Holy Spirit. Oh, I want to be real here. God will help you to overcome and you will know because the Holy Spirit will remind you. The Holy Spirit will heal you. The Holy Spirit will absolutely radically change your life. He can absolutely switch off those things that, that triggers your mind to go and sin. He can switch that off. If only you make your how spiritual and say by the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit. You're tempted to look at something that you shouldn't. But the Holy Spirit will enable you and help you to remember that Christ in me is stronger than the desires that is inside me. Can we all say that out loud? Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. Real change is God through you. This is not a change of behavior, church. Because let me tell you why this is so important and why you need to lean on the power of the Holy Spirit. Because everybody who's giving you ideas about change, it is all connected to changing your behavior. And you think if you behave better, you will change better. But that's not the truth. Because what the Holy Spirit does is that He does not change your behavior. He changes your heart. Because if you change your behavior without changing your heart, the behavior will come back. Are you with me? If you change your behavior without changing your heart, when nobody is seeing, the same behavior will come back. I've gone through, I've helped many people, you know, making wrong decisions, saying that, oh, I will stop watching pornography after I get married. No, you won't. You won't. Marriage will not fix things. Fix your heart. And the Holy Spirit will help you to fix your heart. And our culture says, Kalyanam Banta, he will stop drinking. Kalyanam Banta, he will stop smoking. Kalyanam Banta, he will, he will uh, handle his money well. Kalyanam Banta, he will wake up early. You know what Kalyanam Banta is? Shaban? 
you don't want to know trust me after you're married things will change after you're married life is going to be better after you're married you will wake up after marriage i will handle everything well after marriage i will be better in my job no you won't and all the married husband said i said husbands ra yele already in the husband zone ha i don't want to pull the wives and put myself in vulnerable places i have another sermon to preach this evening in madurai and i want to be strong and healthy i don't want my leg or hand to be broken it won't change anything you know why because you haven't changed your heart you've been doing things when nobody's watching you and then all of a sudden you think because you're married to somebody because you're committed to somebody you think you're fixed and that person goes away and traveling and they they're away and that same behavior that you used to do when you're alone comes back it knocks you know why because you have not changed your heart and the only person that can change your heart is the holy spirit is the holy spirit the holy spirit is the person the bible says that he goes into the depths of your heart and he knows your dark places and he knows your vulnerability and some of you are still wondering why certain things have not happened in my life because the holy spirit is dealing with you he's helping you to change before you give your heart to someone else can you give your heart to jesus 100% can you do that can you do that can you allow the holy spirit to work in your life can you allow the holy spirit to change you because it is not a joke you will mess up your family when you don't allow the holy spirit to lead you many people are living a surface life christianity and living in absolute brokenness on the inside and they're doing a great drama they are the producer they are the funder for that drama in their life and they don't want the holy spirit to change anything god the father god the son is enough pastor holy spirit is too holy spirit nalle enak bayo but he is your god he is your god you cannot ignore one he is all three in one if you are ignoring the holy spirit then you are ignoring god is god the father god the son and god the holy spirit you cannot have a theology that says only father and son i don't want the spirit you are you are losing the entire package so may the holy spirit work and change your heart if you are sick of being stuck and you're wondering why i'm not changing why i'm not changing why i'm not changing allow the holy spirit to change you it will be painful it will be hurtful and when i say holy spirit changing your life i'm not just talking about you know praying for 10 hours you can pray for 10 hours and one small thing your child does and you will yell you will speak a different tongue after 10 hours of prayer you'll be filled in the spirit speaking in tongues and one phone call from your loss 
And that's it. Snap. The Holy Spirit departs. <laughs> and something else comes out of our mouth. Change in heart is a gentle process. And it's allowing God saying, Lord, I am broken. There's a big difference between a scuba diver and me when I stand and watch from the beach looking at the sea. There's a big difference between a scuba diver and me. The difference is if you ask me, explain the sea, I will say it's blue and it's big. But if you ask the scuba diver who's standing next to me, explain the sea, he'll talk how deep it is. He will say, where is what under the sea? He'll also tell you where you shouldn't go. Because he knows the depths. Many of us are, are, are scared to be led by the Holy Spirit because he's like the scuba diver person in your life. Because he knows where you shouldn't go. He knows your trigger points. He knows what will make you angry. He knows what will flip your tongue and your tone and your voice. He knows it all. And sometimes that scares us. But it doesn't or shouldn't scare us. Because the Holy Spirit is there to carry you up. To lift you up. He knows everything about you and still wants to dwell in you because he's a person that you can have relationship with and through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can be transformed. You can be transformed. And when I say transformation, I'm not talking about temptations coming and going. I am talking about 100% transformation. You live as if that has never happened to you. That's transformation. And Christians believe this lie that it is not possible because you have not tasted the Holy Spirit. Traditional Christians believe that this is impossible because they have not experienced the possibilities that you have with the Holy Spirit. Oh, the possibilities that you have with the Holy Spirit, even if I preach about it for next 10 years, it won't be enough. That's the kind of God we serve. Lot of the reasons why we are unable to change is in the root of our problem. And the root of the problem is always spiritual, not just physical. You're trying to meet a need or relieve a hurt with something that besides the grace of God. The only person who can remind you that you are living by the grace is the Holy Spirit. That is why he has become the power for you to be anchored. First, make a decision that you're going to change. You're going to go through this transformation process in your life. And second, make a decision that you are not going to do it. The Holy Spirit will do it in your life. These are the two things I want you to know and I want you to remember. And here is the second verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. God said, my grace is all you need. Can you say that out loud? My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. 
in weakness. In your weakness, you will experience the power of God. So Paul writes, Now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Can work through me. Pastor, I have messed up big time. You have no idea. Yes, I have no idea and that is okay. But do you think the Holy Spirit does not have an idea of what you have been through? And still you can experience Him? That's the grace of God. Because the same grace that saved you is the same grace that is changing you. The same grace that redeemed you is more than able to keep forgiving your sins. The same grace that helped you find strength once is more than able to help you find strength in Christ Jesus over and over and over again. Church, when we approach God saying, Lord, anchor me, let us not just go with a modification mindset. Let us go with a transformation mindset. The Holy Spirit is not just modifying your life. He's changing your life upside down. Which means that he will dig your foundations again. He's not going to just scrape some old paint from the wall and put some new paint on you. He will break down that wall. He will break down those chains. He will strip apart the things that is making you, uh, that, is, that you're holding on to for so long. And that he will take it away from you. And he will put on a new cloth of righteousness over your life. He knows the things that you have not shared with your close friends. He knows your past. He knows your present. And he knows your future. And he knows that your future is bright in the name of Jesus. So if you want to be anchored. And if you want to experience the power of God. While you are in the process of being anchored. There is only one prayer we can do. Or we can say is change my heart. When you change your heart, you automatically behave differently. When you change your heart, you automatically start behaving that Christ in me is the hope of glory. Not the other way around. Don't think if I change my behavior, God will accept me better. That is not in the Bible. That is religion. That is rules. That is regulation. But Jesus says, you will change your ways because you will receive my heart. You will behave different. You will stand aside. You will stand apart because you have my heart. So our prayer is, Change my heart, O oh Lord.